Welcome to the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best doubles strategies to improve your game and win more matches. I'm your host, Will Bocek. This podcast, my website, and my weekly newsletter all focus on the goal of better understanding the sport of doubles and helping players like you improve faster through actionable advice that you can use in your very next match. My goal is to provide the best doubles strategy resources in the world. And to do that, I study, analyze, and work with players at every level of the game, all the way up to the ATP and WTA tours. If you enjoy this podcast, I've created double strategy products that go even deeper if you want to take your doubles knowledge to the next level. At the end of this episode, I'll explain more about them, or if you want to learn more now, go to thetennistribe.com slash products. Here's today's episode. So I've been training a few USTA league teams to get them prepared for nationals. And I wanted to go over five things that I told them to start practicing between the time I had my training session with them and when they actually went to nationals. Uh, I wanted to share that with you because I feel like these five things are things that are particularly effective uh, for USTA for club level players, um, whether you're 303540 uh, or even higher, because not that many doubles teams practice these things and not that many doubles teams uh, are great at these things on the court. So when you show your opponent uh, some of these skills or some of these uh, different tactics, they're going to be surprised and they're going to have trouble with it because not that many teams use it. So I want to go over five of those different things that uh, I told them to do to get them ready for nationals. And this will help you if you're a, a captain, you can have your team work on these things. If you're just a player who plays on a league team or uh, if you just want to work with your doubles partner for uh, tournaments that you're playing in. Um, this the, these things practicing these things will help you a lot uh, in your matches going forward. But first, I wanted to get to a few quick announcements. So I mentioned uh, TennisCon Seven last week. I'm going to mention it again because it is starting next week. So it starts October uh, 23rd, and I have a 45 minute presentation on creating a game plan for doubles. Uh, that you should definitely check out. And then there's also 40 other coaches uh, at the conference that are presenting all online. And you can get free tickets. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. So you can get free tickets. And how it works is you get access to each presentation for 48 hours for free after it's released. And then if you want lifetime access, there's a way to buy that. Uh, if you buy through my link in the show notes, uh, a percentage of that does go back to the show, which which helps support the show. But uh, if you're able to watch it within 48 hours, it's totally free. So there's a lot of really good coaches that are coaching everything from double strategy, single strategy, uh, serve technique, forehand, backhand technique, the mental side of the game, how to deal with nerves, how to play better under pressure, uh, fitness. Uh, injury prevention, all sorts of things related to tennis. Um, So there's some really good coaches. Gigi Fernandez has a presentation. Uh, Todd Woodford has a presentation um, on doubles as well. Uh, And Mark Kovacs has one on fitness and injury prevention. 
Uh, Jeff Greenwald does one on the mental side of the game and how to play well under pressure. Uh, so there's a lot of really good coaches, and I highly recommend uh, signing up for that. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, another quick announcement. So my new t-shirt, I, I've been collaborating with uh, Josh from Ace the Moon, who uh, has a t-shirt slash apparel company uh, for tennis that he started a couple years back. And it's uh, it's a really cool brand if you haven't checked it out. But we uh, collaborated and designed a doubles t-shirt. So it says down the middle solves the riddle. Um, so I'm going to link to that below if you want to buy one of those. Uh, it's really um, a cool design and uh, it's a really comfortable material that you can play in as well, which is nice. Uh, the training product is, <clears throat> excuse me, it's on schedule to be released by the end of the month. So, um, you know, a lot of what I'm going to cover today in this podcast uh, is included in this training product. Um, so if you enjoy this podcast episode, definitely keep an eye out for that because the training product is basically a recording of me training a 3035 level uh, league team. Um, we've got uh, the first call, we had about 12 or 13 people on the call. The second one was a little smaller than that. Uh, and I answered their questions and showed them kind of how to work together with their partner to create a game plan and to make in-match adjustments. Um, so I wanted to make it available to you all. So that's going to be ready later this month for purchase. And then last, uh, again, I'm going to be at the WTA Finals in Cancun. So if you're going to that, definitely reach out to me uh, and let's watch some doubles. It looks like a really cool venue. It's going to be a great tournament. So let's get into uh, these five things to practice for club level doubles players. So number one is serve formations. Uh, This is very simple, uh, but it's something that you know, even myself, when I go out and practice, uh, you know, play practice sets or practice matches, a lot of times I just don't really want to think about it and I'll just play regular formation the entire time. And I really shouldn't be doing that. If, if I want to improve with my partner, and I did a good job of this before our mixed double sectionals, which was um, three or four weeks ago. Uh, we actually did experiment with some different formations, and I, I covered why I felt like that partly worked last time, but it also some mistakes that uh, I feel like I made uh, with my doubles partner in the previous episode. But serve formations is something you need to be practicing. When you're playing these practice matches, when you're playing these practice sets, uh, you need to be forcing the returners to uh, second-guess where they're going to return, force them to return down the line. The best serve formation you're typically going to use if you you and your partner are right-handed is going to be I-formation or Australian formation in the ad court because then you're getting a forehand volley in the middle. You're getting a forehand ground stroke for the server if they're going to shift to their right and cover the line. Um, and you're creating some really good matchups uh, against the return team who's going to have a backhand volley in the middle and then a backhand ground stroke on that ad side. So, you know, that that's not to say you should use that every time if you prefer your backhand more, if there's a lefty on the court. You know, there's tons of scenarios which I've covered in previous episodes, but that is one to start with. If you prefer your forehand and you're a traditional, you know, two right-handed player uh, doubles team. So regardless, experiment with serve formations. Um, 
you can look up on our, our YouTube channel, uh, and I've done previous podcast episodes all about serve formations, where you can um, learn you know how to use those and figure out which ones might be best for you and your partner. Uh, but when you're playing practice matches, experiment with serve formations. Don't do the same thing every time. Um, number two is the lob return. So this is especially if you're a deuce court returner. This is something I see players use some in uh, in matches, but they don't practice it a lot. So what I want you to do, and you can use this from the ad court as well, regardless that this is going to be most effective against a, a right-handed server uh, in the deuce court. If you're able to lob this return down the line, you're going to get them to hit a running backhand. So that's the goal of, of all of this. Um, if the opponents are running I formation or Australian formation and you're an ad court returner, the lob return can be super effective as well. So you want to set up a target. I would set it up about two racket lengths inside the baseline and then uh, one or two racket lengths to the uh, towards the singles court from the singles line. So you don't want to aim for the doubles alley here because it's it's too high risk. Um, and aiming for the singles line, I feel like it's a little bit uh, risky as well. So, so go a racket length or two inside that singles line. Go for a big target and have your partner uh, hit some serves to you. And ideally, you can do this with somebody at the net to make sure uh, you get it over their head and don't don't leave it short uh, and give them an overhead. But set up those targets and practice this return, especially if you're a deuce court returner. Hit that lob return down the line, and then you want to follow it into the net. So a great drill would be uh, your partner hits the serve, you hit the lob return down the line, you follow it into the net, and then you get a volley that you have to either put away through the middle or angle off the court. Um, so regardless, you know, whether you can do that second ball or not in your practice session, uh, just practicing the lob return is uh, going to help you a lot once you get to those matches. And it's a return that, again, not that many club level doubles players practice. Uh, a lot of them will use it some, but without kind of much direction. Usually it's just a lob through the middle of the court. But if you can get the accuracy of hitting it down the line, deep in the ad court, uh, to the server's backhand side, you're going to put yourself and your team in a very, uh, very good position to win the majority of those points. So practice the lob return, especially from the deuce court. So number three is angle volleys. And, and this would include touch volleys as well. So a lot of times at the club level when I'm watching these doubles matches, players hit their volleys back to the baseline player and it creates a scenario where you do get to the net, which is great, but the opponent has kind of a routine, uh, neutral, maybe even offensive ground stroke. And you're able to, you're volleying it kind of right back to them in their sweet spot. And I haven't talked about this in a while, but I feel like one of the reasons that most players volley back to the baseline player and give them kind of a relatively easy routine ground stroke is because when we're practicing our volleys, we're practicing with one up, one back, and we're volleying back to the baseline player. So we never actually practice our put away volleys. So this is something that you'll probably uh, need a basket for. You'll need 
um, you know, at least 20 balls or so. And you'll want your partner to feed you volleys from uh, pretty close to the net and work on hitting angles off the court. I love using targets when I'm practicing. Uh, Targets are super, super effective. So if you can get a target halfway between the service line and the net and then set it on the singles line, and you might even do it a little bit. Sometimes I'll do it even a little bit closer to the net just to exaggerate the angles that I'm trying to hit with. This means I'm going to miss more volleys in practice. But if I can get good at those really, really risky, uh, sharp angles when I'm practicing, once I'm out in the match, I don't have to go for quite as much as I did in practice. And it's going to be easier because I was practicing the the super sharp angles. So regardless, uh, set targets up around uh, the singles line halfway between the service line and the uh, net or a little bit closer to the net and practice hitting these angles. So your forehand volley, if you're right-handed, is going to go to your left. Your backhand volley is going to go to your right and use a little bit of touch as well. So if it's above the height of the net, you can hit it with a little more power and go ahead and hit it off the court. But if it's below the height of the net, Or if you're just not quite uh, comfortable, this is going to depend on your skill level. Um, If you're not quite comfortable enough hitting it uh, a super hard volley with a lot of power, just practice your touch volleys and hitting drop shots. Um, One of the big things at the club level, especially a lot of players who are super comfortable at the baseline, but a, a lot of us are not as quick as we used to be, you know, we're not very fast. So if you can get to the net and get really good at hitting these touch angle kind of drop shot volleys, you're going to hit a lot of winners because they're not going to be able to run up and get to it. They're not as fast as they used to be. Um, I'm certainly, no, I'm not as fast as I used to be. So uh, these drop shot volleys are something that if you can perfect, you're going to be really, really effective at the net. Uh, so practice these angle volleys with targets. Um, do do this drill with your coach if you do private lessons. If not, uh, get a basket of balls, go out with your doubles partner, and feed to each other. <clears throat> um, excuse me, uh, and and work on these angles vo- angle volleys and these touch volleys uh, because it's going to make you a much much more effective net player. And not that many players are practicing these. Most players are practicing volleys by hitting one up, one back, and you're volleying right back to the baseline player. And ultimately, that's what ends up happening in the match. And you wonder uh, why you can't finish the point at the net. So you have to practice finishing the point at the net. So number four, uh, number four is second serves. Uh, Depending on your skill level, I want you to focus on depth. And then you can also focus on direction. So Uh, What I like to do, um, I learned this from uh, Craig O'Shaughnessy, who uh, is with Brain Game Tennis, and I've talked about him a lot on the show, but he he taught me this drill where you take two racket links inside the service line and then set up some lines there, and you want your second serve landing past those lines so that your second serve needs to land within two racket links of the service line. The reason for that is... If especially, you know, if you're a 3-0 player and you maybe have a little bit weaker second serve, if you can hit it with a little bit of depth, it's going to help your partner at the net out a lot because it's going to keep the returner back a little bit further. 
and your partner at the net's going to have more time if the return does come at them. And it's also going to create more time for you as the server on your serve plus one shot if they do uh, return back at you. So second serve depth is really important. Uh, if you're a more advanced player, you need to be working on direction as well. So work on a second serve uh, slice in the deuce court if you're right-handed and just hit that deep corner Uh over to the forehand side. You can also work on a slice serve into the body with depth from the deuce court. Uh, if you're lefty, the slice serve in the ad court's great. Um, slice serve down the T into the body in the ad court's good too. Uh, if you're a righty and you have a kick serve, obviously the kick serve in the ad court's good um, deep into that corner. So again, depth is our number one key. If you have the skill level, work on direction as well. Um, if you just double fault a lot, then uh, just work on getting it in. Work on your um, spin serves and getting high clearance over the net, good margin, and uh, practice your second serve so you quit double faulting because we can't be giving away free points. And we definitely give away too many free points at uh, club level doubles. So second serve depth um, with direction if you have the skill level. And if you're a little bit lower level and you double fault a lot, just work on getting it in. Uh, so number five, this is from a uh, recent podcast episode with Rob Morgan, who coaches Wesley Kuhlhoff. Uh, I asked him what is the number one thing that uh, club level players should be practicing. And, you know, this is something that uh, I haven't thought a lot about until he said it. And I think he's absolutely right. It is smashes or overheads. So there are a lot of teams that are a lot of players that will complain to me. You know, I really struggle against these teams that lob. I hate playing pushers. And one way you can fix that is to get better at overheads. So practice your overheads. Again, set up targets. If you're hitting the overhead from the service line or a little bit behind it, you probably want to create targets uh, deep through the middle of the court. You don't want to angle it off because you're a little bit too far back from the net to really finish the point off. What you're looking for at that point is to hit a solid overhead through the middle of the court, and hopefully they either miss it or they give you an even shorter one on the next ball. And then if you can get inside the service line, if you can hit an overhead from, say, halfway between the service line and the net, at that point, you can probably go ahead and put it away. So in that case, work on uh, angling those overheads off a little bit more. So that would mean uh, if you're right-handed, you can hit kind of a slice overhead um, out to the left um, through the deuce court. Um, you can also work on kind of pronating your, your wrist and hitting it, uh, angling it a little bit inside out. It depends on uh, which one you're more comfortable with, but uh, ideally you can have both of those shots depending on the position of the opponents. But um, work on your overheads. Uh, the first thing to work on is, again, just hitting them solid deep through the middle and not missing them to get the opponent on defense. And then once you get a little more advanced, you can start to angle your overheads off. But practicing overheads is something that will be super uh, helpful against those teams that do lob, and it'll make you much more effective at the net. Uh, that in combination with the drop volleys actually will both be great because a lot of drop uh, drop shot angle volleys, players will be running forward and they're going to scoop the ball up and try to lob and you'll probably get a lot of overheads from that as well. So those are the five things I feel like 
if club level players, doubles players practice, I, I feel like you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, obviously, you're going to be practicing a lot of forehands and backhands, uh, but I feel like most teams are not using enough serve formation. They're not practicing these lob returns. They're not practicing the angle or drop shot volleys. We don't practice second serves enough for sure. And then overheads are super important against those teams that push. So uh, if there's anything that you feel like has helped you a lot in practice, uh, definitely let me know. Send me an email, will at thetennistribe.com. Um, I love uh, the feedback from y'all that I've been getting. Uh, and hopefully this has been helpful for you to think about your next practice, whether you're going to nationals or sectionals or just have a tournament coming up with your partner. Uh, hopefully this has helped you out. So thank you again, and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Doubles Only Podcast. If you're interested in diving deeper into any topics I discuss, I've created double strategy products that allow me to bring you more podcasts and other doubles content without relying on paid ads. I have ebooks and courses that help you make better strategic decisions during matches and become the smartest player on the court. Go to thetennistribe.com slash products to learn more. You can also join my free weekly double strategy newsletter that includes video lessons and more on our homepage. If you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email me directly, will at thetennistribe.com.